Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. I know it's been a while since we've had an episode, and really, it's my fault. (laughs) I was in Japan, I turned 40, and then I was a jet-lagged hot mess for, like, over a week, I would say. I I was just going to say that absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's what I was going to say. Possibly. Um, Japan was awesome. I mean, so amazing. And I want to go back, but it was a whirlwind. I was there. It was nine days, um, four cities. And I think every type of public transit known to man. I think I rode every subway line in Tokyo, which was great. Um, Buses in Kyoto, a taxi in Osaka. Uh, I rode the bullet train. I did, I, I mean, I did all kinds of stuff. And now I'm ready to go back with what I've learned and then have another trip <laughs> where I take a bunch of empty suitcases. I buy everything that I wanted to buy the first time, but didn't and um, pick up on all the stuff I missed. But it was so great. But yeah. Uh, Jet lag is no, no joke, no joke. Um, I came back and then I thought I was like having a panic attack or something. Like I just wasn't getting enough sleep and like deep sleep. And I was a crazy person for a good, a good while. Um, so we did not record because I was tired at seven o'clock and then awake at two o'clock for at least an hour to two hours every day um, and working and uh, finishing grading for three classes of students. But all of that is behind us. Christmas is here. And we have a big fat episode of Top 100 Games for you this time. Yeah. So without further ado. Right. In fact, it's such a big fat <laughs> list of games. I'm not even doing news today. Frankly, mostly because it sucks, but also because I want to get to the good stuff, and I'm not going to waste my time on crappy games on Kickstarter. Sorry, they're not. Yeah, Kickstarter, they're, they're Do not better. They're not good. Although, um, Kickstarters have been delivering, interestingly enough. Um, we got what did we get the other day? Oh, yes, we got Maple Valley. Yeah, Pretty- we also got reviving Katmandu. Yes, and I believe Wonderland's War might be on its way to us fairly soon. So, um, yep. if you can't get have news about new Kickstarters, um, when Kickstarters deliver, that is also a bonus. So, we will go right to games played today. Yep, we have a few that we're going to talk about. Um, we've played a lot of games recently with family and couple game nights so let's get into it the first game we're going to talk about is actually a game that i think katie wanted from origins and it looked awful to me and i ignored her every time she said it and it is called dubious and this is um a deduction game not really social but a deduction game where players are assigned a character role like um night or something like that and you're going to get some kind of secret which is basically like a thing that you like to do like maybe i'm a knight that likes to take instagram pictures of my cats that kind of thing 
then over the course of the game, there's going to be questions that are going to get asked. There's five questions. And in those questions, I flip a card that say, what, what did you do yesterday? So you're going to answer that question by writing some kind of sentence that points people to who you are and what you do. But you don't want to be super obvious because you don't want everybody to guess who you are. But you don't want to be too vague because you don't want nobody to guess who you are. You want a few people to guess who you are because if people guess, you get points. And then you're going to try to guess who they are. Once all five questions have been asked, people are going to guess what everybody is. If you're right, you get some points. If people guess you right, you might get some points. Whoever has the most points is the winner. That's it. There's three different decks of cards that are like three different time periods, modern, fantasy, and like something else. Um, Victorian. And you just, Victorian, right. And you just pick one of those that you like and you play through it. It's a pretty quick game. Um, it's actually surprisingly more fun than I thought because you just get to write down a sentence and say the sentence. You can get into character if you want to um, or not, whatever. You just try to give clues so people can guess who you are. Um, yeah, we played it twice now. I've played it twice. You've played it more than that. And it's fine. It's not one that I'm going to bust out if it's just me and, you know, some people who want to play Euro games. But to play with, like, family or something, it's a good game. So I dug it. So how do you feel about Dubious? You've played it more than me. I have. I have taught this um, several times. And, of course, I enjoy it. I love social deduction. The artwork on this is what pulled me into it. Um, oh, yeah. That is nice. It's really cool. It's um, minimalistic, but yet with the, like a, a an anime feel, I I I really love it. Um, and and yes, it is not. It's not a game where you have to get like super deep into a character or whatever. You are trying to find clever ways because you you do want people to guess your occupation. Um, and your secret. But you just don't want everyone. So you have to create a little bit of dubiousness, shall we say, in your responses. Dubiosity. <laughs> Ted Dubiosity. Oh, no, wait. That's a different guy. <laughs> um, so especially, like, I played this with, we also played this once with my daughter and my niece, who are, like, 9 and 12. And, um... Some of their answers were hilarious and yeah, not, they were not helpful. Not at all. at all helpful, but hilarious that they thought someone was in a gang because they lived in like a nice house with a nice car or something. I, I'm like, well, I'm glad you don't know what a gang does. Um, <laughs> it was a nice house <laughs> with a second story or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was so big. Hilarious. So, um, but like the fact they throw in like a list of modern occupations, so, like taxi driver um detective um social and media influencer that kind of thing that kind of helps with different groups of people whereas like the fantasy is like you know dragon rider or like war mage and some people might not be into that so i like that there's different ways to go about it but the fact the secrets are always changing and moving around um and you're like, why does why does your discussion of your secret sound just like this other person's discussion? But I know you can't have the same one. And I know you can't have the one that I'm looking at. Um, 
but it, it's fun. It can be really funny. Great jokes can come out of it. Um, it's deduction, but not in like a brain burning way. And if you are a character person, a storyteller person, uh, yeah, this can get real good and real deep. And I love that. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's such a good game. Great artwork. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. And if you want to check out how the game plays, we do have a video. Um, so oh, you look can at go us. look at it. Yeah, I did as good as I could do on a deduction game on the video. <laughs> right. You can at least see the art. It does look fantastic. And the box, I love the box art. The box art is fantastic. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, good game. Check it out if you're interested in anything like that. So the next game we're going to talk about is completely different. It's an abstract game, an abstract dice drafting game. And it's called Noctilica or Noctiluca. I don't know. However you want to say it. And it's from Shim Phillips, Raiders of the North Sea, all the different location trilogies from the different <laughs> directions. And in this game, what you're doing is it's like this time of year when these like underwater like sprite Spr- creatures yeah. come to the top. Yeah. Like underwater fireflies is kind of what they are. And you're trying to get these things into these jars. And what that means in this game is you're going to be drafting, you're going to be putting these little ponds down in these like intersections, and you're going to be drafting all the dice of a certain pip value in a different number of spaces in a straight line from that pond. Now, those could be all different colors of dice, and you're trying to get as many dice as you can because you need to get certain colors to fill the contracts of these jars because you want to have certain colors in the jars. The jars could be worth points, but when you complete a jar, you're going to get these tokens that are worth points of different colors, and then at the end of the game, whoever has the most of those tokens is going to get some majority bonuses. The game's played over two rounds. Um, depending on the number of players, you might get from anywhere from three to six turns. And it it's really fun to look at. It's a nice little brain puzzle. It's super fast. And it's just a fun set collection contract fulfillment game with really nice looking dice. Uh, I'm not huge into abstract games, but when they look good, I do like them a little bit better. Like I'm kind of shallow when it comes to abstract. I don't want the black and white ones. I want good looking abstract games and I like dice and the dice kind of push me over in this one. So I dig this one again. We have a video on this. If you want to check it out. So if it sounds good. So what'd you, what'd you think about this one? Noctiluca or Noctiluca? However, I think it would be Noctiluca. Is it have the extra U at the end? L U C A. Uh, Yeah. However, it's written. Well, then it can't be Noctiluca because it's not, L-I-C-A. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I've heard it pronounced both ways. I have no idea. Okay. Um, I like this. It's it's very pretty, so that appeals to me because I normally am like abstract games, whatever. Uh, I like dice, and it's, it's really easy to teach. Um, my brother-in-law played this with us, and he doesn't play a ton of games. Most of he plays cards. But he, I think he really enjoyed this game. Um, it's, it is a little random in however... You know, the numbers come out and especially the jars, because you also like are trying to get you can get gain points. Um, you know, certain types of jars having majority of certain colors, um, having jars that include like sprites or whatever they are of your color, your like secret right, yeah, color, your favorite color. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and that's all kind of that's all random. So that you can kind of get boned that way. But it's simple and quick enough that if you're like, oh, that didn't go so well, you can just try it again 
And um, I, I like that. Um, a game that the abstractness doesn't really, doesn't make it an ugly looking game or make it look boring. Like that's how I feel some abstract games are. Like I played Othello growing up as a kid, but it's boring looking. Um, so this one is not boring, um, but it is simple, functional, easy to teach, very accessible. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. I liked it way more than I thought I would actually. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point with the teach. The rule book is like two pages and one page is the front that tells you the components and one page is like credits in the back. Like <laughs> yeah. the, the teach is like crazy easy. And I mean, if you can, if you know pips and you know colors, you can play this game. Uh, another thing I think is cool is that it has a solo mode. You can actually play an abstract game by yourself, which is kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, I it's a fantastic game. Do you think it's um, colorblind accessible? Uh, I, I maybe not. I mean, the cards are because they have the symbols, mm-hmm. but I don't know about the dice. I don't know how well people can see the dice, but so maybe not. I mean, the, col- the cards the, cards for sure. The colors aren't primary colors, um, so I, I may they're like almost like fluorescent. So I wonder if those are easier to see. Yeah, that'd be the only hesitation. Bob, if Bob, if you're listening, yeah. let me know. <laughs> yeah, look at this game online and tell me if you can see the dice. I mean, I know you can see them, but see the color. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, those are the two of the mini games we played. We'll talk about more of them next time. All right, let's hit it. So normally we've been doing like. Mm, 15-ish games uh, per episode. But since, you know, I've been slacking and sleeping weird hours, I was like, you know what? Let's let's up it a notch. Let's crank it up. So we're going to do about 20 games in this episode. We're starting at our number 55 game of all time on our top 100 games of all time. And we're heading to 36. Yo, this is real. Like this, this is some good shiz right here. Like, buckle your seatbelts. Uh, w- yeah, get ready for Jason's <laughs> mostly irrelevant listing. Except for two. Except for two, because they happen to match mine. <laughs> uh, but kick us off, babe, with your number 55. All right. So, my number 55 is a game from Kids Table Board Games. I think we have. Almost all their games, except for like two little boxes. And this one is Creature Comforts. This is a dice placement game that also has some speculation. And what that means is every player is going to have two dice that matches their player color. And you're going to roll those dice. And then you're going to place your workers on the board to try to collect resources. Now, the trick here is you're not going to have enough dice to do all the things that you want to do. So there's going to be this pool of shared dice that are going to be rolled. And... Everybody gets to use those numbers around the table. So you're hoping that dice are going to come up in those wipe dice to help you get what you need. And uh, you're trying to, if you can't get stuff, you can get this little like band-aid token to help you out in a future round to up and down pips. You're just trying to collect goods. You're trying to complete these different projects, uh, get points, convert resources, all that kind of stuff that's great in a worker placement game. Fantastic art, fantastic production, and pretty accessible. Most people can play this. And it's not a hard teach. And I really like it. It's not my favorite kids table board game. I think I have one higher than this, but I do really like this one. So my number 55 
creature comforts. Yeah, I honestly have no idea where this is on my list. That's crazy. But it is. It's super good. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite or not. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, my number 55 is also a cute, adorable game about animals. And that is Hickory Dickory. Um, I didn't really know a ton about this. We had talked about it on one of our con updates or something. Jason was like, I really want this. And so, I don't know, it was your birthday or we were somewhere. I'm like, then let's get it. Um, so you have different mice that have different special powers and you move them around the clock in what's basically a set collection game. Yeah, mostly collecting tiles. Yeah. Um, collecting tiles, you are then trading those in. Um, and the the neat thing is it's it's like a it's a rondelle. And so you're kind of working the rondelle to try to get the most out of your mice placement and your collection. Uh, it's it's adorable, but it's also a really stinking thinky little game. And I I love I, I really love that combo and that's why it's so high on my list. I'm not gonna talk as much probably about the gameplay as I could because we have 20 games. Um, but this this one really surprised me and I, I enjoy it. That's Hickory Dickory. Now I number 55. Yeah, if you don't know much about this, look into it because it is definitely way more thinky than it looks. For don't, sure. don't you, do we have a video on this? Yes, we do have a video on this. So you can go check that out. If you want to. I'm not your boss. Um, <laughs> do what you want. My, <laughs> my number 54 is actually a game we've had for a minute. Um, it's a really fun game from Huck and R&R Games, and it's called Rajas of the Gajis. This is a worker placement and kind of use a worker placement game that uses dice as resources, has similar colored dice as Noctilica that we talked about earlier. And you're basically going out to these different places, you're using workers, and you're going to have to send certain colors or pips of dice to go with them to kind of pay for the action. And there's different actions like moving down the boat to collect resources, um, getting money, moving up on tracks, all the good Euro game stuff. But the interesting thing about this one is you're trying to, the way that the game ends is you're going to have your money moving around one way on the track, and you're going to have your prestige moving around the other way on the track. Once those two tracks cross each other that triggers the end of the game and then who like you'll finish that round whoever has crossed the farthest is the winner if only one person's crossed then obviously they win it's been done in some other games like Ark nova does it i think there's one more game that does it as well but i love the way this looks i love the way it plays i love using dice as the resources everything about this game is just fun and that's why it's my number 54 rajas of the gajis i think this one is a little higher for me if i remember correctly uh, my number 54 is a trick-taking game and it, it's really high I get it for just a trick-taking game but like I said we're from the Midwest I love Euchre and I love that I can teach this game to all kinds of people and they totally get it but it's a, like a step up into board gaming from Euchre and that game is Indulgence uh, this is a trick-taking game where the rules change so yes we're going to take tricks all that jazz but each round we're going to decide okay what are we trying to do or not do 
Are we going to avoid a certain color of card? Um, Because that's going to give you points. Are we going to um, try and collect all? Are we going to try and not get a certain number? The the theme is irrelevant for the most part. Um, It's got these really like interesting (laughs) coins. It's got chunky gems, which are great. Um, And then you also can in some ways like shoot the moon, so to speak. And you are going to like go against the church. I forget. What is that called? Um, You're not listening. Yeah, I am listening. You are sinning. Is that what you say? Yeah, you're you're either if you're you're going to be the sinner, and if you decide to be the sinner, then you're going to do the opposite. Yeah, so then it becomes like a a one versus all kind of thing that doesn't necessarily happen every round. So there's just a lot of interesting, cool stuff happening that just takes a basic trick taking game to the next level. And that, I just, it just does it for me. And you can wear the ring. I mean, I I love any game where you you can wear a big pimp ring and make people kiss it. It's great. It's great. Um, I don't, is this readily available? I have no idea. It's a restoration game. It's like one of the first ones they did. I have no idea. I got, we got it in a trade. Uh, If you, if you like trick taking games at all, this is such a good one. That's why it's so high on my list. Number 54, Indulgence. It's a reprint of an old game called Dragon Master, so maybe that one's more easily available. Oh, maybe. I, I believe I did a um, a written review of, of some good trick-taking games on our website, and this is one of them, actually. It's true. That is true. If you want a better discussion of it than I just gave. <laughs> yeah, you can go read about it. Uh, all right, so my number 53 is a game from Elf Creek, and this is a pick up and deliver game of sorts with a rondelle and it is called merchants of the dark road in this you are um it's a dice place like action selection game with using these dice you're going to slide it up the die that you pick is going to give you the action you can take the number on the die is going to determine how far you can move your carriage you're going to move these carriages to different locations take one or two of the actions on the spaces depending on what other things that happen and you're trying to get these goods, you're trying to get these contracts, and you're trying to get these people to ultimately deliver them through the dark road to score points, prestige, all that kind of thing. This is another game that kind of has multiple scoring tracks. They don't have to cross, but they have multiple scoring tracks where your lowest score of your two is your end game starting score. And so you're trying to keep those balanced because you don't want to run away with one and not focus on the other because your score will be real low and you're going to lose. So it's a nice little balancing act that you're trying to do with everything that you're doing to keep your scores even um it's fantastic components good art fun gameplay rule books a little iffy but once you know how to play it it's all right so my number 53 merchants of the dark road that has to be higher on my list because i just really love that game and i don't think i've seen it yet who knows uh my number 53 was a surprise because um i really did not like some of the other games in this t series uh, but this one, I really want to play it some more. And that is Tekenu Obelisk of the Sun. This is a game, uh, dice drafting, I believe. Yes, yes. That's how I call it. Um, you're getting these dice from around this obelisk. And where they are around the obelisk kind of dictates 
what kind of action they're letting you do. Um, you've got tracks, you're building different things. Uh, you're getting cards. I mean, just like, there's so many awesome things happening and you want to do them all on your turn, but you can't. And that's like, that's how you know it's a quality, like it's a beauty of a game. When you're like, ooh, I, if, could I just do like one other? No, okay, uh, this is my best bet. Just trying to score as many points as you can. Ah, it, I, I really, really like it. It is really good. Um, need to get to the table more. Of course, it has a cool gimmick of this awesome, like, obelisk that you turn around, but it's functional. It makes sense. Um, you know, cool Egyptian theme. I like when the, I, I mean, there's a do summer games that use that, but I, I like that theme. Um, it's not trading in the Mediterranean, so everybody can suck it. Um, yeah, it's such a good game. Uh, Tekkenu, Obelisk of the Sun, 53. Yeah, I have no idea where that is on mine either. It's, pr- it's pretty good. It could be at 400. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, it may be somewhere <laughs> on the list. You don't know. That's true. I probably forgot to rank it. Um, so my number 52 is a game we d- we played not that long ago, which I think is probably why it's up this high, because it came back into my memory, and I realized how much I really like it. And that is uh, Thebes. This is kind of uh, an Indiana Jones-esque game. You're an archaeologist, and you are moving around from these different locations trying to learn as much as you can about these different dig sites. So when you go dig, you'll be able to get the best stuff that you can find. Now, that all sounds well and good. But the game basically is you're going to go to this location. There's these chits in a bag. And based on how much knowledge you know about this location and how much time you spend, which is kind of like the the turn order track, the farther ahead you are, the longer you're going to wait to go, is going to determine how many tokens you're going to pull out of this bag. In the bag, there's a bunch of dirt, which is worth nothing, but there's also some good stuff that are worth some points. Uh, the more tokens you grab, the higher probability you have of getting good stuff. But... When the good stuff comes out, dirt stays in, makes the bag less valuable. So as it goes on, you may end up pulling a bunch of junk and wasted a bunch of time. I love that. I love pulling stuff out of a bag. Uh, just on that sheer fact, this game has to be on my list because I love it. Cool theme. Uh, it's really easy to teach and play, and I just enjoy it a lot. So number 52, Thebes. I may have already talked about that. I, I love Thebes. My yeah, I think you did. I think you My did. thing is, it's the... The theme makes sense with the gameplay, which I think makes it an easier teach, and I think it just makes it that much more fun. Like it's that's just, true. It's just good, just good. Uh, my number fifty-two. We also played this not that long ago, and I was like, "Yeah, I like this game." And that's Tapestry, um, Stonemaier, the game of tracks. And y'all know we love tracks over here. Um, so it's just you're just tracking it up <laughs> basically in this, yeah, that's all it is. this game tracks. Uh, my favorite is to use the track that lets you go on other tracks uh, so you can it's the, it's like they say it's a civilization game it's not it's not a civ game it's civilization themed yeah it's civilization themed but it's not a civ game how's that because uh, you are moving like it's like technology and um invention or innovation inventions i don't know yeah inventions and there's a tech tree that you're uh moving up to increase kind of the rewards that you get as time passes in your civilization um 
playing these tapestry cards to give you really cool powers and bonuses for a round. Um, just, and again, multiple paths to victory, just trying to score the most points you can in whatever way you can, because sometimes it just, the cards that you get, the civilizations that you get just work out in different ways. And this game allows for that. Like it truly is multiple paths to victory. Um, I, I was, I've seen all kinds that's and that's why I love and we've got all kinds all the expansions for this like just utter yeah chaos. everything that you can have we have because it's just it's it's so good it's such a good play every play is different and yet the gameplay is not complicated you pick a track to move on I mean I but it, it is really fun and you can just kind of play your own way which I think is for me obviously a major selling point so uh, 52, Tapestry. Yeah, I think that's higher up my list. We'll talk about it later. Mm. Um, my number 51 is actually a game that I think is out of print. There might have been a new version, but I think that's also out of print. We got this from a listener, friend, Freddie, and this is called Finca. And this is, effectively, it's a, a, a Rondell game, kind of where you're moving these little workers around this windmill and depend on the space on the windmill that you land is going to determine what kind of fruit you're gathering and you're trying and you're going to get fruit for your worker and every other worker that's on that windmill space. And you're trying to gather fruit to fulfill these contracts that are out on the board. That's the entire game. You're collecting fruit. You're using, you have to use these donkeys because you have to be able to deliver. You can use these donkeys to deliver fruit to these different um, spaces. The more fruit you deliver, some spaces need six. There were six points. Some need two. There were two points. If you can deliver all the, I think there's six of them, all six amounts, you get extra points. So you're just trying to be as efficient as you can. The rub here is if you ever have to take fruit and there's none of that fruit, all the fruit goes back to the middle and everybody loses it so you can take it, which is kind of nasty. Don't let that happen. Uh, fantastic game. It's super easy to teach. Again, the rule book, and this is like three pages. Uh, it's really fun. It's just a simple set collection resource or a contract fulfillment game, but the little Mancala thing or little Rondell makes it a good time. So minor 51 Finca. Yeah, it's a good game. I would like to play it again here recently. We haven't done it for a while. Uh, my number 51. Oh yeah. I just mentioned that I like this better. <laughs> I thought I'd already talked about it. I obviously haven't. It's thieves. Yeah, after I said, I think you already talked about it. I looked on the list. I was like, ah, oh, what an idiot. I was like, I'm a doofus. It's right there. <laughs> um, yes, this game is good. It has been said. You need to play it. Number 51 Thebes. <laughs> is that really all you're saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, I already said everything okay. about it. I already talked about why I like it. No, that's fine. I was just making sure that I wasn't going <laughs> to jump in. I yeah, Yeah, we've talked about it. We've got video. Check it out. Good game. All right, so number 50. I think Katie talked about this on a video or another episode. I'm not sure, but I think you've talked about it already. I think it's on an episode, and, I'm pretty sure. And this is an Alexander Fister game, one that I would really like to play more, but it's kind of a beast, and I have to relearn it every time. And it's called Maracaibo. And this is a game about basically moving these little boats around the, the ocean visiting these different locations and islands to take actions. Now, I haven't played it for a minute. I can't even remember the actions, but you're trying to collect different cards, these different types of cards, because you can 
play all these cards that give you these fantastic things to get different workers, score points, do all these other things. And there's also this track up at the top that's like military. You want to make sure you have enough influence up there so you can win these battles that happen occasionally and trying to upgrade your boat make your boat more efficient so you can do stuff when you take an action you can do extra different kinds of things in the action the board's basically a big rondelle which is fun as well um and you're playing over i think like four or five rounds and the round ends when all the boats hit the end of the rondelle and it a lot going on tons of stuff to do it's a beast of a game has a campaign thing that i've never even played probably will never play because the base game in itself, I think, is fine. And expansion two, good night. Um, I love Alexander Fisher games. This one's one I definitely want to play more. My number fifty, Maracaibo. Yeah, I do want to play this one more. I like it. My number fifty is another beastly game, um, but we have played this decent amount, including with an expansion. A lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, I've always wanted to try that. I want to try that." Um, and I think a lot of people are intimidated by it, but it honestly is. I think it's not it's not inaccessible, especially if you just play it straight up basic um, without any of the extra frills. You just uh, need a big A table. You need a big table. That's Trakirian Legends of Illusion. Um, I really like the theme of um, getting like being a magician, putting on your shows. Uh, there have been some other games with that theme. Hey, in my opinion, I've done it poorly or definitely not as well as Tracarian. Um, and you are managing with worker placement, uh, managing your different assistants or different types of workers. I guess you've got assistants and engineers and all kinds of people um, getting resources you need to actually put on tricks and then actually performing them, um, doing some matching. It's just like a lot of little like mini types of mechanics in one game which i think is why it seems maybe overwhelming but once you played it 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 really is not that difficult to keep coming back to and pick up and it is it's super worth it the artwork is cool the theme is cool i i, I really enjoy this game so tracurian legends of illusion my number 50 yeah solid game i'm not sure what it is on my list but a solid game it's the halfway point halfway yep now we're in the worst of the best right now. The top number, 50. Number 49. My number 49 is actually a game that Katie, I don't think, likes at all. I, or I don't not that much. anymore. want to. And it is a, a, a deck building game. A deck building, we'll say adventure game of sorts. And it's called Fantastica. This is a game where um, you have these cards. You're like a kid who's dreaming or playing a, ma- a pretend, I don't know pretend, who cares yeah. what the theme is. Um, <laughs> Only everybody, but, you, but these, you. you, you have these different cards that are going to have like a, a baseball bat, which is like a club or something. And you're going to move, you're going to use these cards to move around this like little land. And you're trying to defeat these monsters, which is how you're going to be getting new cards into your deck. There's no market that you're buying. The only way to get them is by using cards in your hand to defeat the big bads like the evil cards that are out on the board. And then once you get them, they'll go in your discard pile, you shuffle them, and they come out and they're a card you can use to fight later. You're also trying to do quests, which you're going to use some symbols on the cards. You're going to tuck them under these little cards, and you're going to fulfill quests to get points. The game ends when people reach a certain amount of points. It has funky art, really like weird stuff. Like it looks really old school. Uh, I, 
I don't know. Something about this game I just like. It can go on too long. That's my only complaint because it takes a minute to get started and it takes a long time for people to get to the point threshold. But I really like it. It's fun. It's different. It doesn't feel like other deck builders, which I kind of like. So that's why it's on my list. 49, Fantastica. I, I want to like it more. I just can't at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't. Um, my number 49 is a deduction game. Um, gosh, it made me realize, like, I don't just love social deduction. I just love pure deduction. It tickles my brain in just, like, a great way. And that's the Search for Planet X. Oh, man, I forgot to rank this one. I know. I know that you <laughs> love this game so much. Um, this is the game that made me think, I maybe I need to do, like, a tutorial <laughs> something for how to do deduction i was like what are, i'm like oh i'm finding out all this information and jason's like what how do you know anything i'm like what are you talking about yeah i this is the worst i've ever played a game in my entire life this is bad i think if you tried it again i think it could be okay i i just don't understand it's so fun you're searching for planet x and there's all these spaces in the night sky you've got these cool like um, observatory telescopes and you're like kind of querying against um, what's out there and what you know to find like what kind of different like heavenly bodies I guess you could say because there's like asteroids and um, black holes and different things in different parts so you know like okay planet x can't be in a part that has an asteroid or whatever um, using this in-game app which is actually kind of cool I think it it works well I don't feel like you always have to have an app in a game, but I, I think it, it does make sense in this one. Um, I, I just, the thrill of discovery that it's just, I, I really, really like this game and I, I really wish we owned it. Um, but since Jason hated it so badly, I seriously doubt that's going to happen. So my friends that are close that own it, um, let's play guys. Okay. Uh, so we're number 49, search for planet X. I would give it another play, but I don't know. Yeah, I. It, We're gonna play it again, and we'll play it together. Yeah, I need to see what you do. I need to figure this out. <laughs> you also taught me how to play Clue, so that that's that. that's true. I mean, I know how to play it, but the deduction part. <laughs> yes. All right. So, speaking of a game that's not deduction, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, my number forty-eight is actually a game about pulling stuff out of a bag, and you know that I love that. And pushing push your luck. Like pulling stuff out of a bag. And this game is Quartz. And again, this game's criminally out of print. I apologize. Every version of this game, there's a Disney, um, Friday the 13th, whatever. They're all out of print. But this is a push-your-luck game where you're, you're miners, E-R, not O-R. And you're trying to go into this mine to collect gems. And the way that that works is, on your turn, you're going to have a choice. You're either going to dig in this bag and collect a gem. Easy enough, right? Well, unless you pull out a second gem, you're going to do one gem on your turn or unless you have a card that lets you pull out more. But if you ever get two black gems, you bust and you've lost all your gems from that turn and you get nothing for the round. You've wasted a whole entire round. So you're trying to use these cards to manipulate what you're pulling out of the bag, get rid of your bad gems, maybe screw other people over, steal some of their gems. It's a little mean. That's the only thing I don't really love about it. It's a little mean, but... I love pulling stuff out of the bag. I love to push your luck. It's only five rounds, so it doesn't have to stay. It's welcome, and it's just fun. I I like it. So my number 48, Quartz. 
Yeah, um, Quartz is, it's such a fun little game. Yes, it's take that and mean, but it's so short. That's like you almost don't really have time to develop a huge vendetta against anyone. Um, and that's why it's also my number 48. What? I don't cross over exactly. Look at us. Um, we have played this quite a bit because, again, Jason loves Pusher Luck. Um, some of our family also loves it. It's really accessible, I think, to people who doesn't love pulling stuff out of a bag. And, like, it gives you kind of that rush, um, that uh, Quacks does in some ways. Yeah, similar vibe. But it's, it's a, slower Pusher Luck. It is a little bit slower. It paces it a little bit more for people. Um you know, allowing the cards and things. It's in a theme that is really accessible. It's yeah, such a good game. That's why it's also my number uh, 48 quartz. Sorry. Yeah, sorry that it's so out of print. If you find it anywhere, if you find yeah. the snow white one and the seven dwarves, that one's, that one's even more expensive. I, if you find that and like some like random amazing deal on someone's yard sale, there's there's not much I wouldn't do to get my hands on that. So let's talk. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you find this game, don't even hesitate. Snag it up. You can sell it for, you know, a mint. But I would recommend playing, playing it because <laughs> you'll have a good time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so very good. Very fun. All right. So my number 47 is another game that Katie doesn't like. And <laughs> I, I've played this a lot solo, which is why it's still on my list because the solo version is really good. Um. And it is Bonfire, Stefan Feld game, one of his newer ones. And in this game, what you're doing is you are basically getting these action tokens, which are going to allow you access to take different types of actions. You got to spend a certain amount of tokens to do certain actions. That, that might be moving your boat around to these different islands to collect these like contract cards or goal cards. If you fulfill the goal, you can get this bonfire lit up. Uh, there may be another section where you're trying to get these portals so you can get your like elders to go down and visit the bonfire. Um, there's these different shapes so that you got a piece into the portal to the bonfire so your elder can get through it. There's also this little council that you can put some of your characters on to unlock special abilities. You can recruit these different other people to come work for you too. Bunch of different stuff going on, normal Feld fashion. Um, I like it. It's, it's not the best Feld. That's why it's on number 40s. But it's definitely a good Feld, one that I would like to play more, but Feld is uh, a specific taste for people, and really? not everybody wants to play it. Yeah, most people aren't into Feld anymore, I guess. I still like him, but yeah. If I was going to play a Feld, I would probably wouldn't bring this one out for other people to play, um, but I do like it. So my number 47, Bonfire. I mean, I like. I think I like Feld. I don't know. I just like games. I don't really care that much about designers, to be honest. Um, so I don't always, yeah, that's kind of where I am now, actually. I don't always notice who designed a game necessarily. Um, I, I wanted to like this game. My issue with this game is I feel like there's a very specific path to victory and that pisses me off because I don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah, that's probably true. And I don't like that. So that's why I don't like it. That's, that's my only thing. Gameplay is fun. Whatever. Don't make me have to do these stupid portal things when I want to get lily pads or whatever. Like I don't, <laughs> they're bonfire. No, no. When you, you go on like the, Oh yeah. 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 The goal cards. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. They, they do look like lily pads. I don't know what they are. Thank you. Anyway, 
That's why I don't like it. Uh, my number 47 is a game that I love for so many reasons. It's pretty. It's Japanese-themed. Uh, Vincent to Trade Art. It's... Uh, and, and actually... I'm surprised I like it because I don't always like tile laying games because my brain doesn't always function right to do them. But this one it does. And that's the 100 Tory. Uh, the 100 Tory tile laying game where you're making this Japanese garden and uh, you are laying tiles to create a path between uh, decorations in the garden. And you want to take the path um, through Tory gates and there are two different colors Tory gates so that you can collect more of the objects. This is a set collection. You're trying to get um, the, the different garden decorations in sets of five. Um, and you've got little uh, like helping workers that you can use as well. That'll give you points too. just lots of ways to score points. Multiple paths to victory. You can do whatever the frick you want to. Um, we also have the expansion for it. That's really cool. I haven't played it yet, but I, we haven't played it. I haven't played it with people, but I have learned how to play it. Um, it's, it's gorgeous and fun. And since I've been through several Tory gates now in real life, I love it even more. So, uh, it is my number 47 fairly quick. Um, once you start playing it really easy to teach to people and a lot of people really like the tiling aspect. So, 47, the 100 Tory. Yeah, that is a good one. It is a pretty thinky little tile game for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, my number 46 is actually a trading and set collection game. And I would really like to play this more, but I don't know. I just forget about it, I think, <laughs> which is sad. I feel like I mentioned uh, it a lot, like, oh, let's play this. Yeah, I need to start just getting games off the shelf and playing them uh, that I want to play. And that is number 46 is Coliseum. And this is a game where you're trying to put on these different, um, I don't know, plays. I don't know what they did back in the day. These different, like, dramas. Yeah, the that's where tragedy and comedy came from, was Greek drama. Right. The yeah. Coliseum. And the way you're doing that is you're going to get, like, this card that's going to need, like, a boat, some kind of scenery, some warriors. Like, I'm putting on some big sea drama thing. And then at the beginning of the round, there's going to be an auction. You're going to be bidding for some tiles. Then after that... Everybody can trade. You can trade however you want uh, tiles for other tiles. And then you're going to be putting on your play. You're trying to get your play, your whatever, put on as many times as you can. You want to expand your Coliseum. That lets you do bigger plays. You want to get the Emperor or Fabulous into your Coliseum so he can watch the play. Is it really and, Fabulous? And I don't know what his name is. I think he's just the Emperor or something. I don't know. But if and because if he's in there, extra stuff happens as well because you want to, you know, he's liking what you're doing. It's just set collection, trading, and auctions. That's it. But there's this cool little scoring track where you're moving around and trying to get in other people's coliseums and stuff. It's it's a cool game. Um, we don't play it that much. I li really like it, so I should get it out more. I just don't. So, my 46 Coliseum. Yeah, I also really like Coliseum. I don't know where it is. I think it was earlier, but it's good. Uh, my number 46, <laughs> oh gosh, I can't believe how high this game is, but it's it's just really, whoop, whoop. <laughs> it's just a really good deck builder and deck building is one of my favorite mechanics. And if you don't know, cause you're not down with the clown by Jason's 
Whoop, whoop. Uh, it's into the echo side. Into the echo side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Katie loves ICP. Shut up. This is the Insane Cloud Posse's um, IP deck building game. But like the card synergy is so good. And you could have a turn where you're just like playing 50 cards and it feels awesome. You're getting bonuses and you're rolling the dice and you're taking. Oh, my gosh. I've never had one of those turns. So what's the, what are those like? They're awesome. And they make you win the game, which I like to do a lot because <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, the the theme is weird. The art is weird. Um, if you're an ICP fan, if you're a juggalo, yeah, you're totally going to love this. Um, but if you are a fan of really of good deck builders with lots of synergy, dude, it's it's really good. It's so it's so good. Um and there's an expansion and I I would I would give a kidney, I would all kinds of things to get my hands on that because I really enjoy playing this deck builder. Like it is super solid. It's just so good. Um yeah, it's I can't I can't say enough about it. So that's my number forty six into the echo side. I will say all these jugglos are way worse than gamers when it comes to char- overcharging for things. 100%. 100%. All right. So my number 45 would actually, pr- uh, I don't know. We haven't played it in a long time. And I, honestly, next year I'll be interested to see where it falls because I think the game kind of plays out the same way every time, which makes me sad. Uh, but it is the Belgian beers race. This is a game. Literally, you're moving around Belgium drinking beer. And, and eating cheese. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And hey, um, collecting coasters. Yeah, collecting coasters. And you're, you, the way that the game works is on your turn, you're going to be deciding how you want to move around. There's biking, there's hitchhiking, and there's riding the bus. Once you reach a certain alcohol content, you get um, you know, you know get too drunk, you can't ride your bike anymore. Um, if you are also too drunk, if you're riding on the bus, you can sober up on the bus. Because, you know, you miss your stop maybe and you stay on there a little longer and sober up. And you're going to get to these locations and you, if there's a bottle there, you're going to collect a little wooden bottle. It's going to give you points. If there's a coaster there, you're going to collect it. That's going to give you points. And each of the locations will let you buy beer, um, get cheese. Some of them have special shapes around them to let you move up on some tracks. If you go to where another player is, you can toast them, which could make them pass out, which is fun because their alcohol content is too hard. It happens for the round. to me every yep. time. Yep, yep. It's, it's really fun. You can knock somebody out of the round that way. And over the course of like three rounds, you're just trying to buy beer, drink beer, and move as far around from the center of Belgium, outside of Belgium, and get back to the center by the end of the third round. Because if you can't get back to the center, you can't even win. So it's one of those types of games, too, which I kind of dig. Um, but yeah, it's fun. The rule book's a little clunky. It's kind of hard to teach. Some of the rules are f- weird. But again, it's from Belgium. So... Um, so my number 45, the Belgian Beers Race. If you've never played it, I recommend it. Go try it. Um, could be a new game you never heard of. So there you go. I really like this. I I don't even know if it's higher on mine, maybe. Um, I think it's really good. I think I've played it a few times more than you. I like it because, like, you could just get points for everything. It's like a smorgasbord. Is that Belgian? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, which is Swedish, but whatever. Um, 
But that, I just think that that makes it so great because it's like, oh, maybe I'm not collecting coasters, but I'm going to hit these other goals um, or, oh, I got all the cheese, whatever. I, I inevitably pass out the first day every time. It just happens every time I can't stop myself. Um, it's funny. I, yeah, I hope that's I hope it's on my list higher. It's good. I like it. We do need to play it again. I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, my number 45 is another Stonemeyer game. And I, I just, I really like this one. I don't think Jason likes this one that much. And you look at what it is. I moved down a second. <laughs> oh no, I, I do like this one. The uh, more I played it, the more I like it. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I taught this at um, Nerdapalooza slash BGM Con kind of, um, and I think it, I think it went fairly well for the people that were playing it. But I, I like it a lot. And that's um, Red Rising. So this game is actually based on a book series I have not read, which I've heard is just okay. Um, but what I love is it's about creating these, like, scoring opportunities with the cards that you have in your hand. But you really, your hand size doesn't really change. It can, but it's really difficult. Um, but you're trying to get certain cards next to other cards in your hand, um, maybe not with other cards, but that's only part of it because you're also moving on these tracks and you're playing cards down. Um, you're collecting these different like uh, helium, like uh, they're not really cubes, they're gems kind of, but whatever. Um, collecting those, you're uh, moving up on the little uh, like plane track. <laughs> That's not what it's called, but it has an actual name. There are lots of these different little parts going on. But honestly, on your turn, you really can only do like just a couple of things. So the turn itself is simple, but the choices um, are what make it like a little bit brain burning. And it has like the I, I love that with the cards where I'm like, ooh, I want this gold person next to this person. And then I also get points for that same person if it's with this person. And um, just trying to maximize that in your hand, uh, that just mm, chef's kiss to me. I love it. This I, I just I really like that mechanic. This game is really good. It's actually moved up in my esteem um, now that everyone's off the hype train about it and I can just enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> so my number 45 is Red Rising. Yeah, higher player counts is better, too, because it cycles through the cards more, which mm-hmm. is nice. All right, so my number 44 is... Now, this is a Euro game right here. We're getting into <laughs> some good stuff. <laughs> so uh, this is Russian Railroads, and I've played this a ton on BGA, but only a couple times in real life. I have never played it, this. Yeah, you have not played this yet. But this is a worker placement game. Well, you're sending workers out to this central board to be able to take certain actions. And the actions are basically moving on these three different train tracks of different colored, like, wooden bits to score points. Now, as the train tracks progress, the farther they get, they're going to unlock certain things. You may get some bonuses that upgrade your little player board to make actions better, make your points higher. You could get these different special ability, like, bonuses that come down and maybe you get a special train that has extra weight uh extra high numbers on it which helps you move your train track farther uh, it's basically moving up on tracks worker placement and yeah, no pun intended moving up on train track tracks that's what you're trying to do <laughs> the rub here is each track has a hierarchy of the color they all have all three track colors on them but 
the one like one of them always has to be in the front. So in order to so say the black's in front and I'm able to move white, which is the last one, I can't move it past whatever's in front of it. So I need to advance the lowest one farther so I have access to move the color tracks in the back. And those are the ones that score higher. So it's just this um, interesting puzzle of moving up on tracks, collecting bonuses. Um, you get a bunch of combos. The more stuff you unlock, the farther you move up on tracks, the more points you're going to get. It's fantastic. Um, I really like it. It's I like playing it online because it has less setup and fiddliness, but it's fun in real life too. Um, so my number 44, Russian Railroads. Mm, I have not played it. My number 44 is a game about cute animals. <laughs> and... Um, this game has become criminally overpriced. It's good and it's available at big box stores, but they're charging a butt ton. Uh, and that game's Everdell. So Everdell, you're uh, is a tableau building game where you're making your little your little forest home. Uh, we also have many many expansions. There are many expansions to it. Um, some better than others. I think, um, but just, you know, pick your poison because they're all, they all add more durable creatures, um, more places for them, just different ways to score points. Again, multiple paths to victory. If you want to do your skirble champions and build your stadium, go for it. Maybe I want to go heavy into like end game scoring cards in my tableau. Maybe I want to do, uh, you know, like do my combos, uh, hit the the in game scoring goals like there's just a lot, a lot that you can do in your own way. Uh, I think the Spirecrest expansion that we have, then your you you can ride animals like bigger animals, which is amazing. Um, it's just the art is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um. This was on sale at one point, I think, like at Meyer or something for $40. I just saw it at Target for $75. Do not buy, do not pay that. Don't, do, don't. No, that's insane. That's just nuts. It, it is a good game. If you can find it, get it. But, oh boy, don't, don't, don't throw your money away on it. But again, it's my number 44. It's a quality game. Play someone else's until you can find it on sale. But it's, it's, it is super good, really fun. Um, cute game which draws a lot of people in that maybe wouldn't play a game this worker placement it's worker placement game worker placement tableau building game but it i think it's fairly easy to teach and to follow so it's good for people who don't game as much so my number 44 everdell they learned how to price their games from eagle griffin games don't make people mad sorry that's my christmas joke I, Eagle Griffin, I love you. You make beautiful, beautiful games. I love you too. Your that prices are just I too want expensive. to afford, but maybe, yeah. maybe can't. <laughs> we have lots of their games. Like we own tons of their games. Mm-hmm. We would have more people. if we could afford them. It's true. Um, so my number forty-three is a two-player-only game, but it's one of the best ones. And this is a two-player version of a game that can play up to seven people and this is seven wonders duel and this is a little game where you are basically drafting cards from the center of the table they're going to be in different patterns some of the cards are going to be face up some of them are face down you can't get to the face up cards until they're fully revealed by taking cards at the top and what you're trying to do is you're trying to build this like 
civilization kind of in front of you um, and get to score points. You're going to be producing goods. You're going to be producing culture, which is points. You're going to be developing science. You get so many science tokens, you can win the game. And you're going to be having military, which is going to be like this little tug of war board that you can do where you can, one of the ways you can win is by getting all the way to the other end of the person's military track. And there's, I think, three different ways you can win instantly. And then if no one does that, there's, uh, you can just win by having more points. It's a fantastic game, super fun. We have an expansion that you don't even really need, but it adds a little bit to it and it's fun. But base game by itself, fantastic. My number 43, Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah, it's interesting. As my, my college roommate actually was just playing it tonight with her at her family's Christmas with her brother-in-law, and she was texting me about it. It's it, yeah, it's super good. It's my favorite two-player, I believe. I mean, I'm not, I can't say that for certain for certainty, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, my number forty-three is a classic trading in the Mediterranean game, but there is a reason why it's such a classic. It's because it's freaking good, and that's Concordia. Uh, Concordia is it it's an action selection game yeah i yeah i guess with your cards yeah, i don't really know with your know. cards you know um and and sort of contract fulfillment because you're selling things and sort of you're building networks route and building and there's also like it's, area it's majority. Game. Yeah. It's a Euro game. <laughs> uh, also a bunch of expansions and different boards for this, which are very good. Um, you don't have to have them, but we have the expansion that get, adds salt and that's not the name of it at all. <laughs> yeah. It's salsa. Salsa. Uh, yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we came with any extra boards. We do have that part. I thought we got an extra board. Maybe have it might it. have an extra board. Yeah, we might have an extra board. Who, who knows? Um, just really good, solid Euro game. Fun. We need to play this more with our family because I think they would really get into it. Um, I, I like the way that you sort of deck build the cards that give you your actions. Um, and then like you have to rest almost like in um, at Century Spice Road to use the cards that you want to use and those cards also give you points then so it's like gathering i love like hopping on the in-game point wagon because mm, you know you know that's my thing but again multiple paths to victory man you can do all kinds of stuff and you're getting rewarded with points for doing all the things i i love it i love that so uh my number 43 oldie but a goodie concordia yeah and that box is not a looker so don't look at the box Ooh, no no I, I by now you know you you know we're not gonna <laughs> yeah. Yeah. generally talk about games. Well, I talk about a lot of games that are pretty, uh, some of my favorite things. But uh, I do not. I also talk about Clemens Franz. So it's true. It's balance. It's 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 a balancing act over here. <laughs> so my number forty two is actually not a good looker either. The box does not look good. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. But the game is good, and it's called Gollum. This is from the Italians. Which ones? I don't know. Golem. And yeah, Golem, Gollum, Gollum. Yeah, not, not Gollum. Yeah, not Gollum. Gollum. Yeah. And this is a game where it, it's rooted in Jewish tradition of these Golems that would protect the city. I don't know. 
it's look it up. Ooh, tell tell me, tell me the theme, please. <laughs> That's why I said look it up. But effectively what you're doing in this game is you are these rabbis and you're creating these golems and then you gotta keep the golems under control. Because if they get too far away, they'll be running rampant through the city. That's mm-hmm. that's the what you're doing. Golems be and crazy. It's true. Yeah, they'd be crazy. And but you want them to get kind of ahead of you because they can get special powers and help you do extra things. And the way the game works is you're going to be drafting these marbles out of this like marble cube selection thing. And the color marble that you take is going to let you do something. And where you take it from is going to be the action that you can take. So it's kind of twofold, and you're trying to get these. You're going to put these marbles in the eye holes of this like thing. And that's going to be some in-game goal or in-round goal as well. If you can get certain color marbles, you get an extra bonus. And you're going to be building these golems. You're going to be killing them because you can't control them. And they give you bonuses to kill them. It's a whole bunch of stuff going on. There's like a, you can upgrade these things in your player board. You can put stuff in the fire to keep this like furnace going. There's a ton of stuff going on. But it's a good game. And in true Italian style... You're only doing like a couple things each round, so you can never do everything you want to do. Um, it doesn't actually look that great, but it is a fun game. And the marble selection thing is pretty neat. Um, so if that sounds interesting to you at all, check it out. My number 42, Golem. Yeah, I need to play this again because I felt like I just sort of <laughs> began to understand it after you played it. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe next time I'll try to have an actual strategy because I just... <laughs> felt like half the time I'm like I don't know what's going on I mean I got these golems but then I don't want to kill them because then I felt bad like I had like a whole Frankenstein's monster who's the monster existential crisis um thing with the golems and you 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 do need to kill them and really they're made of clay um yeah I I just had (laughs) just had some trouble accepting that that they're coming back where they came from they're fine that, that didn't help my strategy in the least. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely is, is thinky and cool. And I, I would like to play it again and figure it out this time. Number 42 is a game that I kept getting confused with other games. Um, I don't know why, because I don't think these other games are named anything similar to Yido, which are 42. But this game... Every time I kept thinking about it, it would come up against other games. I'm like, yeah, but Yido was good. Like, Yido was, was good. You're, like, accomplishing these goals. Uh, um, oh, I'm trying to decide how I would describe what kind of game it is at its core. It's a worker placement game. Yeah. you're y- Yeah. and But you're placing these workers to gather different things to fulfill, like, contracts, kind of, to do... Um, you're just doing all kinds of stuff. It is Asian themed, which I obviously love. Uh, different places get blocked off at different times. Makes it a little more challenging. Can I use where I'm going? How do I get around that? How do I accomplish what I need to accomplish um, in this turn? Like I, I like that kind of a, not a puzzle, but that challenge to it. I think there's just a lot of really cool stuff and i think we need to play this one more than we do because it it's it's really fun there's i think i think a lot of people that we game with on the regular would really enjoy it um so in our 42 zito that was a terrible explanation um it's just a jason explanation it's fine my my brain is is starting to not function anymore (laughs) yeah i think i think jeremy would like Edo. i think so too play with him 
All right, so my number 41 is actually a pick-up-and-deliver game set in basically like the Mad Max world, and it is Wasteland Express Delivery Service. Now, I have some personal reasons why I almost didn't put this on the list, but we won't go into that. Um, this is a game where you are basically have one of these crazy cars from like the Mad Max time, and you're going to these different locations trying to collect ammo, food, and water to deliver them to different locations on the board. The goal of the game is you have to accomplish so many of these different types of contracts to end the game. There's these contracts you have to put your little standee on. You have to do like three of them or something. Whoever does that first is the winner. Um, there's a whole lot more going on. You're going to be fighting these like tanker trucks that have big bads in them that are going to steal stuff from you. But if you win, you get to steal stuff from them. Um, other people can get in your way. You can go into a radioactive zone, a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. But at its heart, a really fun pickup and deliver game with some cool ideas. So my number 41, Wasteland Express Delivery Service. Personal reasons? What are you talking about? So the designer got on our page one time oh. and was like all up in arms about something that I said. And it got on my nerves. And that's how he is on a lot of people. So just... Well, not a fan. I'm going to talk about one of his games later here, too. So which is annoying. Yeah. Uh, again, annoying people can still make good games, I guess. Yeah, that's true. The game is still good, whether or not he's a tool bag or not. That's true. Uh, there are plenty, <laughs> plenty of tool bags out there in the board game industry. Got to tell you, a lot of them. Anyway. My number 41 is another, like, cla just classic game. Uh, it was a, a Dice Tower Essential. I'm sure it still is. I don't I don't follow that. I don't care. Tom's suspenders and hats annoy me. Um, but this game is so good. Viticulture. Worker placement game. Um, very, very classic replacement game. Running your own vineyard. You are uh, setting up places for your grapevines to grow. You're growing them. You're planting the grapes. You're harvesting the grapes. You're aging the grapes. You got your cellars. You're giving tours of your vineyard can make some money. You know, it's agro-tourism. It, just all kinds of really great stuff over different seasons. Um, the there's I don't know the difference between the Tuscany and the essential edition i don't know i've played some of those yeah tuscany adds an extra season and this little extra thing down at the bottom but i can take it or leave it it's fine i don't know what we usually play with to be honest i usually just play the regular game okay the base we have the essential edition which is a mixture but it's weird the essential editions give you the mamas and the papas yes correct Health, it mixes the old version with some dreaming yeah. On such yep. a winter's day, and one of the papas looks like Loki. Anyway. <laughs> he does. The back of the card looks just like Loki. It, it does. It really does. Yet another reason to love this game. Um, it's it's really good. Uh, fairly easy to teach because people are like, oh, yeah, you grow the grapes. You harvest the grapes. You make the grapes into wine. Great. Makes sense. So you sell the grape. You sell the you wine. You sell the yeah. wine. Um and it, and actually, the board you progress across the board as you go, so it, it it just makes sense. There's really good card play that you can do that like give you awesome stuff, you know, to kind of get want to play those at the right time. Um, yeah, 
It's a classic for a reason. So good. Number 41, Viticulture. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, my number 40 is actually one that's probably higher on Katie's list. I have no idea. But mm, it is. Just looking at this now, I kind of really do want to play this game again. It's been a while. And that is Shakespeare. And this is a game about putting on Shakespearean plays. Um, you are trying to get different actors. You're trying to get costumes. You're trying to get set dressings. Uh, we even have the expansion where you can go backstage and do some of that other stuff as well to help out with what's going on in the front. And then every so often you're going to do a rehearsal that's going to score you points um, based on your contract, your your costumes and your actors and your set dressing. And you're just trying to do over the course of five rounds, get as many points as you can. It's a cool little, it's got some bidding. It's got this cool like worker selection action. Really cool stuff. Uh, it kind of feels different than a lot of other games. Interesting theme. There's not a lot of Shakespeare themed games, which is pretty cool. Or putting on a play themed game, which is cool. Um, so my number 40, Shakespeare. Yeah, this is not a looker. If you don't like Shakespeare, it's pretty fun. And I, true, I, yeah. I always like to play this because I do like Shakespeare. One um, of the actors is a bear. I mean, come on. Well, the bear is important in one of the Shakespearean plays. I know. It's which awesome. you don't know that. I know it. I don't know what play it is, but I know it's in one. Do you? Yeah, because you told me last time we played. <laughs> the more you know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure this is like in my top 25, if I had to guess. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm fairly confident that's the case. It's not in this list. <laughs> my number 40 um, is really a combination of games. But I will lean towards one specific iteration of it. And this is Clank. And specifically, Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated. Um, when Legacy Games first came out, they were all the rage, whatever. And you know how we are about the call of the new. We're like, whatever. That's overhyped. Blah, blah, blah. Because we're children of, we're like, holdovers kind of for Generation X. Where it was like, we don't want that corporate, you know, damn the man. If it's popular, forget it. We're not sellouts. Yeah, this is a really good legacy game. It's really fun. We have played through the campaign. We're on our third iteration of it. Uh, it's Clank is good, but this this is just a really great way to play it. Really interesting, um, fun choices, fun cards, tongue in cheek deck builder. Um, yeah, it's great. So it's my number forty. <laughs> game good <laughs> clank good <laughs> yeah i do like clank i might have talked about it already but if not i will for sure later i think you have already. um so my number 39 is actually a game that i want to play more i've been watching um matt wilkins he's another channel that i watch he's been counting down his top 100 and this game which is my number 39 paris was in his top 10 wow and yeah, he, he loves it. Like he loves mm. this game. So it makes me want to play it because he's super excited about it. And this is effectively, uh, it's six different games of area control at mm. one time. The board is this big round board. It's There's this thing in Paris called the Arc de Triomphant. Oh something. my gosh, stop. Know. Arc de Triomphant. There's these different burrows around it. I don't know. It's but there's these six different these sections. Small. Yeah, whatever Katie's saying. There's these six different sections around the board. And you're basically moving these little keys that you have around to go to these buildings to kind of claim like the power of the building. 
And whoever has the most power in each of these different sections at the end of the game is going to score the points for the area. So that's one section. There's also moving around the outside to get these different tiles that are going to help you throughout the game, extra ways to score. Um, there's these other tokens you can collect to sell for money, all that kind of thing. It's a, it starts out with nothing on the board. So you're building the board as you go, but at the end of the game, there's so much stuff going on. So many decisions. It's kind of mind melting a little bit. So it's a fantastic game. It looks great in the table and we don't play it a ton because a lot of people get overwhelmed, I think, but I like it. It's, we have an expansion we haven't even tried yet. And I, now I want to try it and I'm yeah done talking about it. So 39 Paris. Yeah, it's a really good game. I like the game a lot. We should. We should play it. Uh, my number 39 is a game that they made a reprint. Simon did with some big fat minis, which is fine, but you can't push the minis off the balcony, which is why you need the OG version of Council of Four. Council of Four, um, it's like Ticket to Ride, but only in the best way possible. Okay. Yeah, it's way more fun. Because uh, a lot of people are like, eh, ticket drive. Um, in that you're collecting colors of cards because you're using the cards to influence council so that you can then um, build your routes to these different cities. Uh, the bonuses from the that you get from the cities will like chain together and you can have like massive turns. They're giving you all kinds of stuff. You got these assistants that look like vampires. You're playing those dudes out. Um, the components kind of suck in this version other than the, the balcony. <laughs> yeah. The balcony with the meeples. <laughs> that's the best. That's all you need. Um, but yeah, the rest of it's not great, but there's tracks and route connections and these staggered bonuses and, um, just really good classic Euro goodness. Um, which is why it's so high on my list, Council Four, because it's it's really stinking good. So yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is higher on mine. Number thirty nine. It's that's still pretty high. Yeah, that's a that's a good game for sure. The good the new version's fine. It's available, so there is that. But pushing them off the balcony is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my number thirty eight is actually um, the most eighties looking game that we have <laughs> for sure. And this is a worker placement, uh, tile placement game. It's called Dinosaur Island. And what you're doing in this is you are basically building Jurassic Park. That's the gist. Mm -hmm. You are building the park. You're creating the dinosaurs by mixing DNA. And the way the game works is you're going to be drafting these dice. It's going to give you DNA, some other kind of thing. Then you're going to move to a different phase where you're going to be buying these tiles to go into your lab or workers to help you in your lab. Then you're going to place stuff in your lab to take the actions in there, which helps you make dinosaurs up your security because you can't get people eaten. Then eventually you you're can. going to, well, you can, you don't want them to get eaten because yeah. you don't get points of money. Then eventually you're going to, based on the excitement of your park, you're going to be drawing customers or patrons, visitors, I guess, out of this bag. And they're going to go visit the different attractions at your site. Now, if you're excite, if your security is not high enough to match the threat of your dinosaurs, some people are going to get eaten. Cost of doing business mm-hmm, at Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So you're just trying to um, manage all that as best you can, score as many points as you can, and be the first player to c- accomplish so many of these goals that are set out. Because it's one of those games where there's not a really a timer. It's just when certain things happen, the game is over. 
It's fantastic. I love it. It's got a lot of stuff going on. Takes up a huge amount on the table. It's a pain in the butt to set up, like unbearably not fun to set up, which is why I never want to play it. But I always do want to play it because it's good, so I'm kind of torn. But number 38, Dinosaur Island. Yeah, I really like it. I have no idea where it is on my list, but it's good. It's good. Um, My number 38 is a game that I don't feel like I win very often because I just get distracted in making the rooms, and that's Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Uh, in this year building castle, the Mad King wants certain things in his castle, so you get points for those. Or you can just decide, I don't know, I want to make my own castle, and it should have everything in a dungeon, like mine does. <laughs> but that's what makes it fun. Yeah, Katie only has it downstairs. It's only downstairs. I'm like, oh, let's have a bottomless pit. Oh, we need a mold. foyer and downstairs. Yeah. Oh, how do you get downstairs? Here's a foyer. Go to these stairs down the right. Yes, yes. Oh, there's a secret grotto. Absolutely. There's a lair. It's great. Um, And that's cool. That's the cool thing about it. It's all these fun, different kinds of rooms. They're all different. Um, They're shaped different ways. So you're trying to put these different shapes. Each one scores independently. So there is kind of some tricky scoring. Um, But also everyone gets a turn to be the master architect or the master builder where you set the prices of the different rooms that are out there. So that's kind of like a fun like negotiation. Like, okay, I want people to take this so it can't be too expensive, but I also want money. So it has to be a little bit expensive and I want this. So I want it kind of cheap, but cause I have to pay for it, but I don't want someone else to take it from me. Uh, just really great kind of push pull and the fun of building like a crazy castle. I just love that. Um, so that's why it's my number 38 castle back in Ludwig. Yeah. Last time we played this, it was, it was really fun. I do like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 37 is a what's your game game. I don't know if you played this one or not, but I've played it Mm-mm. in real life a couple times, but online a bunch. And this is Signori. I don't know how to say it. Signori, I don't know. Uh, You're basically this Italian family, and you're the head of the family. And you are sending your sons and your daughters out to, the daughters are going out to get married, to form these diplomatic relationships with these different countries. And your sons are going out to learn military, be part of the clergy, and there's one other track. And then they're going to get sent out to form relationships, but through diplomacy, not marriage. Of course. And then... Yeah, you know, like you do. It's kind of, you know, gender role, old school, but that's just the theme. You're basically sending different cubes out for different reasons. There you go. Uh, It has this cool dice selection action where there's five different colors of dice, and certain colors can, you have to draft the certain color of die to take that action, but there's a number printed on your player board, and if the die is lower than that number, you have to pay money to take that action. So... You want to get low numbers because you get a bonus at the end of the round if your numbers are low enough, but you want high numbers because you don't have to pay any money. And you're trying to get these little helpers that when you take an action, it fires off all these other little bonus actions, and you're just trying to score the most points. It's over like seven rounds, and you're just some set collection you're doing, ton of stuff you're doing. As far as what your game games go, this is probably one of the lighter ones. and It's not light by any means, but it's more accessible than some of their other games for sure. The theme might turn some people off, but just blow over that. Who cares? Um, it's a fun game. So my number 37, Signori. And the real reason why Jason hasn't let Katie play this game is because he doesn't want to hear me get on my feminist soapbox. Well, it's <laughs> in like the 1700s or something. So, I mean, 
That's just how it was. Okay. I can still complain. We've, we, we've moved past it. It's 2023 now. I, okay. I, I understand historical context. Thank you for mans- I know. I'm just, try- I'm just trying to. For mansplaining that to me. You're welcome. I'm trying to make sure that I'm trying to make you feel like you're in the time period. <sighs> My number 37. I, I was thinking that for a long time, for the past several years, um, the ICP deck builder has actually been my my favorite deck builder as far as rankings go. But this year it was dethroned by an also nearly impossible game to find. Um, <laughs> but one whose theme I think I like better, which is probably why it's higher, um, that is the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings deck building game. There's a bunch of Lord of the Rings games. I can't ever figure out which one's which, but the deck building one is what I'm talking about. Um, uh, this has the movie art, which is okay. Um, it's probably better than some of the book art that I've seen, actually, to be honest, because there's some weird, yeah. there's some, there's some weird versions out there. That's for sure. Um, but there's some great synergy here in the cards. Um, I, I love the Lord of the Rings. I just recently reread the trilogy and I was like, gosh, so flipping good. Um, and this, I, I love a good deck builder. And this really is like the way you can play cards against each other. Um, how thematic some of the cards are and the way they work together. Um, and we also have the two towers, which I probably, I know I talked about before. Yeah. That was on a video. I think, um, we do not have Return of the King because, whoa, boy. Yeah, they're all really hard to find. Yes. Um, to even have. Well, you can find them, but again, gamers. Right. Um, but it is like a, just a really good classic deck builder, like a just good quality um, gameplay plus a theme that I, I really like as compared to all the clowns. Um, so that's why it's my number 37 Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring deck building game. Yeah, this is good. It's basically DC Deck Builder with Lord of the Rings. If you you can get DC Deck Builder, but this theme is a little cooler, I think. So my number 36, and the last one I'm going to talk about today, is a game I've played online a lot and a couple times in real life. I actually played solo a lot in real life, and this is Terraforming Mars. This is a fantastic like tab card-playing, tableau-building combo action selection game where you're also trying to put these little tiles out on this map to terraform Mars. Um, you get a ton of your, you're basically have this player board that has a bunch of tracks on it. That's going to be like money, heat, um, greenery, um, couple other things. Water. Uh, and you're, yeah. And you're like steel and production. And you're trying to do all these things to be able to play cards and you're going to be, producing income you got to buy cards to get new cards in your hand so much sorry so much stuff going on it is just really good it it could go on a little long um the artwork is awful it looks terrible but the game is fantastic um arc nova is the new game that came out has some of the same deals but for my money terraforming mars is where it's at so my number 36 terraforming mars um, I, yes, Arc Nova is like this. I think Earth is similar and I like it better, but I really like Terraforming Mars, which is why it's also my number 36. 
Um, I what, what? I know. So this is not Jason Smoke's fake pick. Um, yeah, I love trying to to balance what cards you're playing. Um, trying to just score and again multi-pass to victory as i'm always saying especially you will see that so much here in my top list because that is something that i think is makes a game so good and makes it really worth it um and this yeah you can go all kinds of ways with this playing stuff out on the board um you know collecting bugs mold like whatever just all different kinds of ways to score points yes the artwork is absolutely hideous i mean i'm not one to be like yeah let's use ai but who some air could really help this sucker out because woof it's like 90s clip art bad um i don't love space but i don't even care about that because the mechanics are really good in this utilizing the cards um you know utilizing the resources that you gain to come out with the most points it's it's really good it's just there's a reason why it's hung around for this long and so many people like it quality my 36 also terraforming mars all right you want to do a final countdown oh let's do it because i'm fading fast people i'm fading fast all right so minor 55 is creature comforts 54 rogers of the ganges 53, Merchants of the Dark Road. 52, Thebes. 51, Finca. 50, Maracaibo. 49, Fantastica. 48, Quartz. 47, Bonfire. 46, Coliseum. 45, The Belgian Beers Race. 44, Russian Railroads. 43, Seven Wonders Duel. 42, Golem. 41, Wasteland Express Delivery Service. 40, Shakespeare. 39, Paris. 38, Dinosaur Island. 37, Signori. And 36, Terraforming Mars. All right. My 55 was Hickory Dickory. 54, Indulgence. 53, Tekken, New Obelisk of the Sun. 52, Tapestry. 51, Thebes. 50, Trickerian, Legends of Illusion. 49, The Search for Planet X. 48, Mine was also Quartz. 47, The 100 Tori. 46, Into the Echo Side. 45 red rising 44 everdell 43 concordia 42 yido 41 viticulture the essential edition 40 clank legacy acquisitions incorporated 39 council of four 38 castles of mad king ludwig 37 the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring the deck building game um and number 36 also terraforming mars whoo who that was a marathon right there i know oh my gosh um yeah so this is our little christmas present to you we finally recorded an episode and boy it was a doozy it was a doozy so i hope you guys enjoyed some of my crazy sleepy rantings um but this, yeah, these were some excellente games this time. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're only going to get better, too. Like, my top 30-whatever are fantastic. Dude, yes. I, I can't wait to talk about them. Um, and hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll try to do better. I, I'll try. I No promises, but... <laughs> do what i can 
Um, in the meantime, Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, the fact that people actually listen to us ramble on about games and at each other um, as a gift in itself. So we we do really appreciate you and you have made this a wonderful, a wonderful year. So thank you. Ditto. <laughs> great, great ending. <laughs> I'm like that guy in Major League that doesn't say anything. Yeah. So like the announcer guy. Right. I, I knew. I, I know. In the meantime, <laughs> before Jason has two words to say, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. That was like six words. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.